Hello, and welcome to Soul Science with Namaste Carly, where we break down the science of alternative medicine and holistic healing. This week, I would like to talk about the diet culture that is so prevalent in America. I think that a lot of our obsession with diets and different ways of eating stems from the emphasis on physical appearance that is widespread in our society and rampant in our media. We place too much importance on how a person looks rather than how a person feels. You can have somebody who is completely skinny and uh, the ideal image in a publication or magazine or something and their diet could be absolute garbage and they could have a very unhealthy lifestyle. I'm definitely of the opinion that um, every body is unique and that it is unhealthy to try and fit into some subjective ideal. While I do promote body positivity and self-acceptance, I'm not here to tell you that it is healthy to be obese or um, eat poorly. There are very real health issues that arise as a result of being overweight and or obese, such as chronic heart disease, diabetes, and even depression. Again, I think the focus should be placed more on how a body feels and functions rather than what it looks like. Obesity is a chronic illness that is becoming increasingly common in the world, especially among Americans. The rate of childhood obesity is also ever-increasing, so it is no wonder the media places a lot of emphasis on weight loss and diet culture. People are keen to learn quick fixes to problems that typically stem from lifestyle habits that didn't just appear overnight. If something took a lifetime to accumulate, it will take time and effort to undo the damage. That is why, as a wellness coach, I work with my clients to develop healthy and sustainable habits that can be continued indefinitely and implemented daily. Being healthy is not just a way of eating. It is a lifestyle that helps you to better take care of your physical body, mind, and soul. The reality of weight loss is actually very simple and straightforward, even though the media likes to to suggest that it is something complicated and hard to achieve. You just have to burn more calories than you consume in order to lose weight. That can be accomplished in a myriad of ways, but that doesn't mean all of those ways are healthy. I often get asked my opinion on various fad diets, such as the keto diet, the carnivore diet, and the paleo diet. And while I do have an opinion that I am not a fan of any of them, I will be providing you with the science so that you can form your own opinions on these diets. I personally eat a plant-based diet, meaning I don't consume any animal products such as meat, dairy, or eggs. While I do this for ethical and environmental reasons, the primary reason I choose to eat this way is for my health. The science has shown time and time again that the healthiest and longest-lived populations are primarily plant-based, meaning 90-plus percent of the diet consists of plants, and the other 10% could include animal products such as meat and dairy if you are so inclined. And this is the approach I use with my clients. In contrast to that, the carnivore diet is basically the opposite, or the exact opposite. When I first heard about the carnivore diet, I legitimately thought it was a joke. 
Um, the carnivore diet stems from the belief that ancestral humans ate mostly meat and fish, and that our modern-day overconsumption of carbs is the reason to blame for the prevalence of chronic illness and disease in our society. While I would agree that diet is a large proponent to the chronic illness pandemic, the carnivore diet is ridiculous for a few reasons. First being that humans are not and have never been carnivores. You could ask any evolutionary biologist if you don't believe me or want to take my word for it, or you could just look in a mirror. Carnivores possess the ability to consume and digest raw flesh. They also possess the tools with which to do so, aka fangs, talons, sharp pointy teeth, claws, etc. Cats, both domestic and wild, are obligate carnivores, meaning they require a diet rich in meats in order to survive. Domesticated dogs, on the other hand, are actually omnivores and can survive on a vegan diet. Some people like to argue that humans have brains as tools, which gives us things like weapons and the ability to cook our food to make it safe and palatable, etc., etc. I'm not here to argue that. Humans are omnivores. We don't actually require meat to survive. Therefore, we're not carnivores. Secondly, the carnivore diet is extremely restrictive. It includes all meats, fish, and then some dairy products and eggs, while excluding all other foods, including fruits, vegetables, legumes, nuts, grains, and seeds. Basically, all of your plants. Considering that plants are the only source of the majority of your vitamins, minerals, and things like antioxidants, I can't see why a diet without any of those could be considered healthy or even sustainable long-term. A former orthopedic doctor by the name of Sean Baker is the most well-known advocate for the carnivore diet, claiming it can help with a variety of illnesses. However, there is no research to support any of his testimonials. On top of that, his medical license was actually revoked due to concerns over his competency. So maybe don't take his word for it, get a second or even third opinion on the matter. While a high protein diet can potentially promote weight loss, Research has shown that the excess consumption of animal products can cause heart disease and different types of cancers. So if you want to lose weight, there are definitely better and more scientifically supported ways to do so. The paleo diet is another fad diet that places a lot of emphasis on protein consumption. As I previously discussed on the SAD Standard American Diet episode, Americans are already consuming way more protein than what is recommended. The whole basis of the paleo diet is also the idea that ancestral humans were hunter-gatherers and therefore we should revert back to that lifestyle or a lifestyle that resembles that as closely as possible. So it does restrict the consumption of certain animal products like dairy and processed foods while promoting the consumption of mostly meats, clean, lean meats, fish, eggs, and produce. Inherently, I don't think that the paleo diet is actually that bad. The more natural and less processed foods, the better. 
The issue I take with the paleo diet specifically is how most people actually interpret and implement the paleo diet. A huge plate of bacon and eggs or giant meat-filled burgers with no bun um, do not represent what paleolithic humans were actually eating. Again, maybe consult an evolutionary biologist if you don't believe me, but humans actually ate a lot more grains and vegetables with meat as like a supplement when they could hunt or fish, which wasn't always the case. If anything, the true paleo diet is one of a lot of versatility and utilizing what is fresh and available. I'm not against the exclusion of dairy products as they don't hold much actual dietary value, but they also exclude grains and legumes, which do hold a lot of dietary value for most people. Historically, around the world, grains and legumes have been a staple of many cultures and are present in all of the blue zones or the populations with the oldest and healthiest people all over the world. So in terms of healthy eating patterns, I would say the paleo diet implemented properly is definitely a step up from the carnivore diet, but certainly not the most health-promoting diet in existence. The keto diet, or ketogenic diet, aka the Atkins diet, is a low-carb, high-fat diet. It proposes that you can eat as much fatty food as you like and still lose weight. You can eat a moderate amount of protein and minimal to no carbs. The mechanism by which uh, weight loss is accomplished is by forcing your body into an alternative energetic pathway called ketosis, where your body uses ketones or fat-derived molecules as a source of energy in place of the preferred source of energy, which is sugar in the form of glucose. I don't promote this diet because I don't agree with it, but it's also usually poorly executed. Again, people eat excessive amounts of fatty, mostly processed junk, little fresh produce, and cut the consumption of bread and carbs. I personally love bread and carbs way too much to even consider this diet, but I feel I am not alone in that respect. Therefore, this diet is not sustainable for most people. Any weight loss you might achieve while on this diet will more than likely be lost as soon as you begin to eat carbohydrates again with any sort of regularity. From a research standpoint, there has been some benefit to brain health shown with intermittent fasting or occasionally allowing the body to enter into ketosis. But there are no long-term studies to suggest that this should be done all day, every day. In actuality, ketosis is a survival technique the body uses to keep itself functioning when glucose is low. I can see how a saturation of glucose is not good for the brain or body, as that is also how you develop diabetes. However, tricking the body into a survival mechanism to promote weight loss doesn't seem healthy or sustainable when you stop and think about it, especially long term. Survival mode tactics usually place stress on the organs and limit the ability at which they can function. Some companies actually sell exogenous ketones or manufactured ketones that people can supplement with um, so that your body isn't then technically in survival mode, but I'm not a fan, nor do I promote ingesting these types of supplements. 
The demonization of sugars and carbs is nonsensical when the body has evolved over ages to use glucose, not ketones, as its main source of energy. As I have mentioned before, eating fruit is not the same as eating processed sugars, and the body processes them completely different. So a blanket statement saying all sugars are bad for you is not correct. Just as saying all fats are not good for you is also incorrect. It is all about finding a healthy balance, which is why I uh, do not promote the keto diet. All three of these diets encourage people to cut their carbs, which in turn reduces the amount of processed foods and sugars they eat, which is ultimately a good thing, and that alone would make people feel better and function better. It's not so much about what you're eating, so much as what you are no longer eating with these diets. As I discussed in the previous episode, The Modern Plague, Overconsumption of nutrient-poor processed foods is the main contributor to illness and disease around the world. Regardless of the diet you choose to follow, almost everyone is nutrient deficient, and the only way to get more is through eating more fresh fruits and vegetables. The healthiest populations around the world all have a more plant-based diet. Although not all of them are completely plant-based, the majority of what they consume are a variety of plants, including legumes, grains, fruits, and vegetables. The belief that you need to eat animal products in order to obtain all of your necessary nutrients is simply not true. As I discussed in my interview with Sarah last week, an elimination diet can be a useful tool to help you discover any food sensitivities that you possess because everybody is different. The vast majority of people actually do not possess a gluten sensitivity or celiac disease and therefore do not react negatively to eating gluten and yet it is a huge trend. There's actually more evidence to suggest that people who experience discomfort from eating gluten products are actually reacting to the pesticides and chemicals used on the gluten products and not the actual gluten itself. That is why it is important to consume mostly organic. Another important factor to consider when choosing the best diet for you is the placebo effect. A lot of times people feel better when eating XYZ diet because they are way more conscious of the foods they are eating, how much they are eating, and in turn expect to see some sort of result and then ultimately do. So was it the food you chose to eat or was it the increased mindfulness of what you were eating that resulted in the change? The mind is a very powerful tool. Regardless, I encourage you to try different things and figure out what works best for you. It is also important to remember that your diet is not only what you eat. It's what you watch, what you listen to, what you read, and the people you hang around. Be mindful of the things you put into your body, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please support by liking and subscribing. If you feel so inclined, I would love a review. You can find this podcast on eight different platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram as Namaste Carly. 
I hope that you are all staying safe during this quarantine and chaos that's ensuing. I hope you have a marvelous day and namaste.